Coming up on the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast, we discuss two surprise entrants into spring practice. And of course, Bill Flowers joins us. It's the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast, and thank you very much for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so do me a favor, subscribe to YouTube, upvote the video itself, and of course, hit the bell for notifications when we do another video, because we do quite a bit of them. Um, We're expecting to do a couple of extras over the next 24 hours. We'll see how that turns out. But going into it, Ole Miss has finished its first spring practice. And with doing that, Ole Miss has added Kari Coleman and Ulysses Bentley IV. We already knew they were in the transfer class, but they are apparently participating in spring practice. And this is a big move. This is something that needs to happen because we've talked over and over again about the trials and tribulations of a player that's used to play with their hand down trying to learn the linebacker position. These are reps that are going to be invaluable. This spring training is really going to help this guy, and his margin of error just got a lot more. So congratulations to him. And Ulysses Bentley the fourth coming in here. He's probably going to take reps from Quinshawn Judkins, but that is what it is. But it is show the young guy the opportunity to compete. Control Bullock as well in the running back room. All in all, it was a good first day. Now it's an acclimation day. And what I mean by that is the NCAA has certain numbers of rules before you can go out in full pads and do whatever you do in practice. And this is an acclimation day. It should be a helmets-only day. Um, I believe it's either one or two helmets-only days and then a shells day, which is helmet and shoulder pads. Um, Those will be coming up shortly. But today, we learned from A.J. Fenley that Davis and Igmanusen Um, really showed out. He could be the guy that is set up to play next year. The Tysheem Johnson type player, which we've predicted all along. This is a really good player. And I think he's going to play a good bit. And he really popped on day one. He's probably going to pop as this goes on. He's a super athlete, much like A.J. Finley is. Just an absolute super athlete back there playing the free safety position. Also, new players talked about the defense on the first day and everything, and they said install is going fine. It's a lot of the same stuff. But there are a couple of wrinkles that have been put in by Chris Partridge. Partridge, sorry. Chris Partridge. Stuart Partridge messes up the Partridge-Partridge thing um, from time to time. Um, But because of that, you know it's going to be the 3-2-6. They talk about Aishim Young. And him understanding the system. It's going to be the 3-2-6. And the reason I explain this is basically to make Ole Miss volatility proof. It's a way to break in. You set a general scheme for the offense, a general scheme for the defense, and you co-OC and co-DC and just keep promoting up with from within when the players our coaches eventually move on, which is going to happen. Um, as you can see, this this coaching staff has been very volatile. I think they lost seven coaches last year, six coaches, and no telling how many analysts and new analysts are going to come in and do whatever they do, but it's going to be based on this framework and this framework, and you're going to play off of that, and you're going to learn how to do it, 
You wouldn't have been hired if you couldn't do it. And learn when it's your turn. You might add a couple of different wrinkles. That is absolutely fine. But this team seems to be excited by the first day of spring. Um, Wayne Kiffin went on in his press conference and talked about the evils of NIL. I would say evils of NIL. That's probably the wrong choice of word. But the reality of NIL, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, the reality of NIL, and talked about how adults choose their job based on the amount of money. Why shouldn't a kid, talking about the NIL offer, and nobody's really bringing it up yet. It's going to come eventually. But the quarterback that Tennessee just got a commitment from, Nico Iamaleva, um, the rumor is an $8 million NIL deal um, that is going to start before he even enrolls in Tennessee. So it's legitimately buying a player. And that's fine. Now, we always talked um, why NIL was going to be predictable, but they have to come through on their promises. Right now, everybody is still at a blank slate. There's been no, no influence whatsoever of somebody not fulfilling their obligations. That's about to come. There is no market right now for players. That's about to come. So just understand what is going on right now that it's the equivalent of drinking from the fire hose at the moment, but eventually it's going to slow down. And when it does, you'll see that it's better off to be in the top two of high school recruiting than to actually win the um, competition. Because if you don't win the competition, you're available for that one-time transfer, that one-time get-out-of-jail-free card, and that is going to force people to actually come through on their promises to players or else risk losing players and reputation because both of those will happen. And once that happens, I don't think it comes back. I think it's a 15, 20-year thing. But right now you see a bunch of player teams that used to be good. Think of the early 2000s, late 1990s, those teams that used to be good. You have them really attacking the NIL market as a way to try and get back. They're trying to get out of the desert. They've been wandering for 40 years. They are, you know, and in doing that, they're just desperately trying to get back. And to do so, there's no rules at the moment, but there's going to be some rules. And it's pay attention to this space, basically. Texas A&M is rumored at $30 million or something from the last signing class. Tennessee is rumored at an $8 million NIL deal for a single player. All of this stuff is going to even out, so don't worry about that. So today, like I said, is the first day of spring practice, the big winner today um, of players talking about players. is A.J. Finley talking about Davis and Ike Newsom. So anybody take Kentucky and now your bracket's busted? Yeah, mine's not looking good, but I still have some cash from my stat hero pick'em. If you haven't checked out this new platform, you're really missing out. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pit the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take back control of those from handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players that know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, odds, or funky props. So this is what you do. Sign up right now. At stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for 100% cash or deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on 
Use promo code Locked On for a 100% match. StatHero.com slash Locked On. Promo code Locked On. Um, terms and conditions apply. Now, this is also the time of year when I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. This year, I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. and almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're recovered in 100% real chocolate. So go to Build.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate, cookies, and cream. They're all delicious and all new flavors, and they're all coming out at all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious, and it will be good to, good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. So here's the offer. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use LOCKED15 um, to get 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Do us a favor. Rate us and review us on iTunes. It doesn't matter um, what you say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. We would absolutely appreciate it, and it will make it easier for people to find this podcast down the road. So we're available on all the podcatchers you normally go to, but this one, you know, this will help us out a good bit. So I want to talk a little bit about numbers, and not necessarily about anything dealing with um, coaches or anything like that. It, it, it's about, essentially, um, the new numbers that they pick for the fall season. Now, these numbers don't really matter at the moment. They, they just don't um, because um, the numbers can always change. And I'm just trying to bring them up for whatever reason. Everything's going slow at the moment. I apologize for that. Um, but in doing this, we'll be able to get you a couple of numbers out and about today. So the number Michael Trigg um, is wearing is number zero. He is looking to wear number zero. Aishim Young, number one. Jackson Dart, number two. Quinshawn Judkins, number four. Um, Zach Evans, number six. Luke Altmyer is still number seven, and that's interesting because that's the number that Ulysses Bentley wore, so we'll see what he picks. Um, Jordan Watkins, number 11. Ladarius Tennyson, number 13. Jared Ivey, number 15. Davidson Igmanusen, number 20. Um, Jalen Knox is wearing number 27. That's kind of an interesting choice of numbers. And let's see. On the bottom, we'll look at it. Number 89, J.J. Pegues. Um, most people in the 80s have their same number. And Mason Brooks, number 75. 
if I missed anybody, I do apologize. I did not mean to do that. I'm going basically off a roster at the moment. But those are the numbers going into spring practice that people need to pay attention to. When you see those numbers, as we're going to get the first photo shortly of Jackson Dart actually throwing the football, wearing that number two, as you saw, throwing the football and just turning it loose. Luke Altmaier, number seven. Jonathan Mingo, where number one, Ashim Young, is not going to participate in spring um, training, but he's going to wear number one. Troy Brown, number eight. That's one I missed. Um, but Troy Brown is wearing number eight. We'll see exactly what um, the Kari Coleman and um, um, Ulysses S. Ulysses S. Good grief. Ulysses Bentley the fourth. what number they are wearing. So it should be quite interesting, but that's, that is what we are looking at at the moment. Um, those are the numbers. As we all know, though, the number from spring to fall will change from time to time. As players emerge, I expect a wide receiver to take a number in the 20s that is going to make a little bit of run this um spring training and fall camp that I, that I expect to make a little bit of a run. Um, coming up after the break today, Bill Flowers is going to talk about his experience in spring. Also going to give his perspectives on the quarterback competition and things like that. The competition, um, Lane Kiffin today talked about um, all three quarterbacks will, give an, will be given opportunities to win the job. We'll see how it plays out. He's going to talk about this as vague as possible. Period. That's just what's going to happen. Now, you can choose to take that as absolutely real news or coach speak and to the bank. But the fact of the matter is, nobody really has eyes inside the program for something like this. So there will be open practices on Saturday that will all get information on how players looked and what they did. But remember the fall camp um, open practices last year. Remember the open practices in spring and how – Everybody made fun of the defense um, because they didn't look good on one Saturday at the beginning of August. Just, re just remember that. People are going to run with it and try and make declarative and definitive statements based off of a singular practice that really have no basis in fact whatsoever. Although, I mean, their eyes saw it. The pr bad practice didn't happen, but it's not a harbinger of what is to come, as we saw this year. Defense actually turned out to be really good, if not overly relied on Jake Springer. But we'll see if Ashim Young can um, fill that role, and him being out for the spring, that's going to give reps for other people in that linebacker pool to go out and make a play. So it should be quite interesting to see. I'm very excited about um, spring practice and everything that has gone on in the first day. And we'll continue to cover this um, as it happens. Now, look for extras. Like I said, in the last 20, in the next 24 hours, we're going to do things on the press conferences, and um, I look forward to showing you that. Now, we're, this is going to be the main show. This is going to be released at seven o'clock Eastern on Wednesday morning. Um, so t t tonight, Kara McCutcheon is going to come on and give her perspectives on everything that she's seen tomorrow. Um, Tom Vanderford is going to be interviewed for his show on Friday um, before the Tennessee series. Oh, also, before we get out of here, a change in the rotation for the baseball series this weekend. 
Um, John Gaddis on Friday. Jack Doherty on Saturday. Derek Diamond has dropped down to Sunday. Now, my opinion on this is we've talked about this all during the season and everything has gone on. But if Jack Washburn can throw strikes, he has a chance to be the guy that takes over and Derek Diamond could end up in the bullpen. It just hasn't worked out for him for whatever reason. Nothing against him, but it just hasn't seemed to work out for him. So just pay attention to that. Um, but the rotation starts out with John Gaddis and then Jack Doherty, and then we'll see. We'll see if Jack Doherty does on a Saturday because the competition is going to go up a little bit. You are going to generally face a better picture, pitcher the next day, but it is what it is. So, all right, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you will need. Why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that's in their warehouse. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. What you can do is you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto is priced reliably low for every customer. So go explore their website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. So this is what I want you to do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on. On, in their um, How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com. Bill Flowers next. All right, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to YouTube. You can upvote the video itself and, of course, Hit the bell so you'll be notified each time a new video is put up. I'm here with Ole Miss legend Bill Flowers on the first day of spring was today. We're moving into that. Uh, how you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. I I, I think I think you should use the word legend uh, legendary uh, legend uh, loosely. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, it, it's my opinion, and that's all that matters. So, um, like uh, that, I said, that, that's right. Yeah, we've talked about that catch in the South Carolina game over and over again. Uh, that's a that was a big moment for me. So yeah. Um, how you doing, Bill? This this is the first and, day of spring of practice, and that makes me wonder what it was what it was like for you because you had like five of these first days of spring, right, or yeah. four of these. And so, what yeah. were they like? I mean, spring is one of those uh, things where guys are just are itching to get back on the field. To get um, plays going, uh, uh, knocking off the rust, uh, but it's also one of these uh, situations where you're you're fighting for your job. You're trying to solidify your place on the depth chart. Um, so you're getting to know new guys. You know, especially now with this transfer portal, you're getting you're getting guys that are you know have completely just walked into a whole new world. You know, they. It's usually summertime is when you find is when you find your new family members. Uh, but now it's sort of like you wake up uh, halfway during the year and you got a whole new family with you. So I think that's 
a whole new wrinkle that a lot of these guys are going to go through is, hey, you know what? I'm trying to solidify my job. I kind of know who I'm who, who I'm uh, I'm working against, trying to create camaraderie, you know, build on what we've what we've been building on. Uh, but then also, you know, adjusting to your new family members. Yeah. And, and you mentioned something with the transfer portal. And I was just thinking about this. Does the transfer portal and these mid-year enrollees make spring even more important than maybe it was whenever you were in there? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think, I think you've got for multiple, multiple factors. I think one, you've got these uh, coaches that have, that have gone out and, and, and sold on, come on. Um, a lot of these, a lot of, I was having a conversation yesterday. The, the value in recruiting right now at high school kids versus the transfer portal. So years back, you get these kids at a high school and that's who you get to choose from. So these coaches go out and they go out and, and they bring these kids in high school. Well, now you've got these guys that you might not offer as many people as you want to offer out of high school because you can't use all your scholarships on kids in high school. You, you, you realize that you're going to be doing a lot of your recruiting now in the transfer portal. So as you see, you might not have as stellar of a class as you like during the, during the recruiting period of high school kids, but you're going to go out and go gang, gangbusters in the portal, just like Kiffin did. Well, with that being said, it's sort of like an early Christmas present. Now with the, with the transfer portal, these kids get to come in right away. And so these coaches are, are able to get the recruits that they've, that they've you know, converted over uh, right on the field and to really get to, get to see how they can mesh. How can they blend their skills uh, with the team that they currently have? I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge advantage. It's a, a very, very, very important uh, aspect than ever before because you're not going out and recruiting these kids out of the transfer portal to wait a year or two. That's what's so interesting. This is free agency. You're, you're going out and you're getting these kids to plug and play. You're not, there's zero, zero expectation of these kids uh, sitting on the bench. So it's really important for these coaching staffs to really get to know exactly how they can implement and plug and play these guys and how they can mesh their, their talents with what they currently have. Yeah, um, and one of the kids that are coming into Ole Miss and apparently is going to start practice, spring practice with him, is Kari Coleman. He's a defensive, he was a defensive lineman at TCU, but he's kind of slotted in as a linebacker at Ole Miss. Now, my question to you is, do you remember anybody in your time making the transition from playing with their hand down to actually a Justin Wade, Patrick Willis type linebacker position? Uh. No, I mean, uh, no. Uh, I no. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I think Charlie Anderson was a little bit more of a. Uh, he kind of did both, but he ended up being a, uh, a defensive end um, uh, from the. You know, that was where he became majority. But I, I don't see too many of those guys that start from their hand down and then and then go back. I mean, uh, not off the top of my head, but. These guys are so athletic now 
I mean, if they're again, they're they get the ability to recruit to plug and play, and if they feel like this kid's athletic enough and can make the transition, they've seen what he can do. They they know much more about him now than they did from him out of high school, so it shouldn't be that big of a of a of a of a transition and. And that's an area where we really need to help anyways, is in a linebacker position. So um, uh, I, I don't see that being a massive uh, issue. Now, if you get a kid that's a that's a hybrid, um, more of the, the heavy set style, almost like that, that tweener of defensive end, nose tackle, um, and then try to drop him in, drop him back into in linebacker position, you know, does he have the speed to be able to, 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 to handle it? Does he have that? That that would be your biggest question. Now, if he's a linebacker, if he's a defensive end who's just kind of light in the pants, uh, fast as lightning, um, it really shouldn't be that big of an issue. Um, uh, these, defensive, these defensive schemes now, it's, you know, speed is what you want. Uh, he should be able to to be able to to hold his own um, athletically, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, my weird take for this Ole Miss football team is it will be as dangerous as allowed by Troy Brown and Kari Coleman at linebacker. If those two evaluations were correct, this is a dangerous team. If not, that could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw last year how important our de- our linebacker play has to be, um, especially with this, uh, uh, you know, three down linemen. You're going you're gonna to have to have generals uh, that are not going to miss tackles. You must be able to play with speed, play with power, play with aggression, pin your ears back, and not make mistakes. Yeah. Absolutely. And now we've we've waited like um, nearly 10 minutes to get into the actual meat of the what I consider to be the only story of this Ole Miss football team. And that's the quarterback competition. Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer uh-huh. going out and competing their tails off because that's what they're going to do. As a former wide receiver, what are you looking for on this first day of spring? What stick, what's going to stick out in the quarterback competition? Uh, to me, it would be camaraderie. Um, being able to see um, the ability for for both those guys to get the ball out of their hand, to see who's who's connecting uh, well, you know, who's who just seems to be in in rhythm, uh, who who's out there just feels comfortable. Um, I think that's going to be a, a big a big thing. I mean, listen, if if uh, uh, Jackson is just you know head and shoulders above Luke, then, you know, you're, you're going to see that. If it comes down to a situation where these guys are both really competing for the job, it's going to come to who just, who gets the ball out quicker, who makes better decisions. And from a receiver standpoint, you know, you're excited to get out there and to see who, who's got that touch, who's got that ball when it, when it, when it releases their hand, it just puts it where you want it. Um, and so I think that's what they're going to see. I think they're going to they're going to get to see, you know, who where that chemistry is. Some people just have a natural chemistry where when they get out there and you just say, wow, you know, he just makes plays happen. 
Um, and so I, I think everybody naturally is, uh, is, is going to be um, interested to see if Jackson has that, has that, you know, that pop, has that, okay, he was the crown jewel of the transfer portal for the most part, and does he live up to what he's got to live up to? And that's a lot of pressure on him. Uh, Luke Altmaier is a, is a great player. Um, I think a lot of these guys on the team want to see, okay, does he live up to what, he, uh, to what you know he's supposed to be? And, again, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, but you want to see that ball coming out. You want to see that, that special thing that you had from Matt Corral. Um, and that's what people are going to be expecting. Yeah, and the funny thing is that I try to tell people, the Matt Corral you're going to compare him to is the 2020-2021 Matt Corral. Jackson Dart in eligibility is like the 2019 or 2018 Matt Corral. And people need to understand that, that this is a growth process even for him. He's not coming here as a finished product. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not fair, but we yeah. don't live in a world that's fair. Um, and so, uh, it's sort of like if, if a wing, if a frog had wings, it wouldn't bump its butt. Well, mm. listen, we, we didn't, we don't expect you Jackson to come in and, 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 uh, um, develop. We expect you to come in and play right away. And that's, again, that is one of those things where you're a lot of these, a lot of the fans, um, and these coaches, have to really be careful about when you go out and you, you, you go after these kids, you know, you're not bringing in, bringing them in to develop. And I think people have to understand that. I think you and I, and a lot of other people understand that this kid's just a puppy in reality. Um, and he's going to be in a new system. This is going to be a lot at him. And people just think that, well, Oh, he's a professional athlete. No, he's not. He's, he's a 18, 19, 20 year old kid who's learning a new system, who's getting put in. So, uh, but the reality is people are going to want to see, okay, five-star recruit coming in, uh, producing right away and leaving in two years because he's going to the NFL draft. That's what people are expect. Mm -hmm. That's what people want to see. Is it fair? No. Um, but, you know, Luke Altmaier is going to give him everything he's got uh, and to press him to, you know, show that he is that type of player. Um, I mean, face it, these these kids are these kids are, are, are developing so fast out of high school now. Um, uh, they're they're getting such good coaching. They're in these offenses where they're essentially plug and play out of high school into these into these college offenses. So the ability to to make that transition is faster now than it ever has been uh but it's it's going to be interesting to see how you know how well he acclimates into this offense uh into the locker room um and uh and how luke uh pushes him yeah my my theory on this competition is Jackson Dart has a little bit of Brett Favre in him. He thinks he can make every throw on the field. That can be a positive. That can be a negative. 
So the way that Luke Altmaier can make this a competitive competition is by going out and actually performing and being efficient and all the things a second-year player in the system needs to be. Not rooting for anybody. Whoever wins this job makes Ole Miss better. Yeah. Well, and the other question is, is how does Charlie Weiss Jr. play into the fact? Hmm. What's How is that going to play? I mean, is is does Charlie come in and say, listen, I'm just going to – I'm just going to do exactly what you tell me to do, uh, Lane. Um, I have no say-so in, in, in putting in any, anything new. Uh, or is this kind of a new offense with some new schemes? Um, I mean, you got a whole new receiving core field. Uh, you got a whole, you, you know, you have a new quarterback. Uh, do they, do they adapt? Do they, do they feel like, you know, Jackson and, and, and Luke are are very different from Matt, and that because of that, we need to tailor our offense more around what they've got. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays into it, as well as the as well as the defensive coordinators. You know, you have a you have a you know you have a new defense. You know, how does that play? But from an offensive scheme, with the guys that are coming in, I think that's going to be a real interesting aspect of of a. Of, of of how how is it going to change and 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 how is this offense going to look from from last? You have a new tight end. Now that's a big role. All right. It looks like we lost Bill. All right. It looks like we lost Bill. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, a, a quarterback. All right, it looks like we lost Bill. Sorry about that. His audio might have clicked off to a Bluetooth. Um, so I do appreciate Bill coming by the show and doing all that he needs to do. And I do want to tell you to thank you for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Tomorrow we will continue with spring practice. Um, now make your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football and prospects in the NFL front offices. It's free and available on all platforms. I do want to say thank you very much to um, Bill Flowers for joining us today where you can talk a little bit about his experience in stream. And uh, I'm just sorry that it, it, it kind of messed up audio-wise there a little bit. But I will see you in the future. I will um, talk to Bill Flowers. He'll join us um, quite often on the show, and we'll be talking a little bit of ball. So thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.